Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. It's a beautiful 51-degree global warming kind of day in New England, Ray. I don't know how Calgary is, but uh, I'm in shorts in a Stadium Series jersey. I love the Stadium Series jersey, by the way. It, it's, a, it's a nice it's a nice look, and I, 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 the numbering turned me around on that. As far as weather here in Calgary, we dropped into a bit of a, a, a colder snap, not the minus 30s that we can get sometime, minus, uh, minus 18 Celsius right now. So uh, it's, you know, the hardy bunch get out there and enjoy it like, you know, I can get out mm-hmm. there and it's not a bad thing, but, uh, and a fresh snowfall too. So a nice little oh, blanket nice. of snow, uh, makes things look very nice. You know, what looks really nice though, Brad, it is the storm cellar when we have guests joining us. Love that. How's that for a segue? It's right? my favorite. The, you know, here, here we are, we're in the store. We were in the storm cellar and joining us from a long distance. He's known on social media as at British Canes. Colin Hayward. Colin, thanks for uh, pulling up a chair and joining us here yeah, this welcome. morning. How are you doing? Great, great. Thank you. And we've got a we've got a massive 52 degrees here in Kerry today. And uh, but we've got a suitably very grey and British day. So so it's making <laughs> me feel at home. And uh, I can We're see flocks and flocks of <laughs> Thank you. You, you. You're making me looking after me well. And we've got flocks and flocks of seagulls, which obviously relates nicely to my soccer team outside. So that's fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, uh, we now that we've got you in here and and let let's start out the way we always start out. Uh, Stormcast. Sorry, the storm seller is. You're going to have to edit that. No, I'm going to leave it in. Just we were oh. talking about your stormcast. Hi Bailey. Hi Cat. Hi Grandpa. <laughs> They're the surge cast, though. Close enough. <laughs> Close we, we were talking surge cast, and you you turned into stormcast. I, I, I think Ray is hinting that Ray wants to do some kind of a combination promo show. Yeah, and we'll I call totally... it the stormcast. See, yeah, that would be great idea. Fantastic Another, idea, right? Uh, you covered you covered for me fantastically. I appreciate that. Um, Colin, we always do the storm seller this way where we bring in caniacs and jerks and we want to hear their story. We want to know everything about what brought you to the team. Are you a transfer from a different squad or have you been a hurricane fan from the start? Favorite moments, favorite players. We love to hear it. It's all about you. I give you the floor. Colin, take us away. Well, Ray, thank you. Ray and Brad, thanks for inviting me today. Uh, gosh, I feel a bit we of a fraud being here. Up, to be honest. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel a bit of a fraud being here since I'm such a, such a new one, really, to hockey and to the Canes. Um, we moved, moved over with the family back in 2017 uh, for work, moved to Kerry and uh, uh, as Brad knows I'm a, I'm a massive soccer fan and used to go every week to watch Brighton and Hove Albion who just as an aside just just smashed Liverpool again for the f- second time in 15 days but um, and that's why I'm late today because I was watching watching the match so excuse me for that but uh, you know Kerry what a great place to live but I needed to fill my 
my sports void and that for the family. And so we, we kind of took on everything. We went to the Bulls. We, uh, we went to NCFC a few times and then realized that the PNC arena was there on our doorstep and, uh, thought, well, let's give it a go. $11 a ticket each for, for me and the family as four of us and sat and row at the back, our backs literally touching the back of the wall of the arena up in 332. Fantastic, fantastic people up there. And, uh, you know, really got into it at the time and thought, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm enjoying watching this. I think at the time it was, it was October, 2017. It was the um it was the halloween night we were on the ice we got some candy for the kids or sweets as they should be known and uh you know we went down and, and it was like felt welcome from the moment we stepped into the pnc honestly and uh all the people around me getting annoyed of me asking all the questions of what does that mean what does icing mean i'm still not sure i know what icing means but uh, everything else is becoming clearer to be honest it, it's easier than offsides i mean let's yeah be yeah no uh, kidding but not as complicated as goalie interference, which uh, is, <laughs> is still a very new one for me. And it seems to depend on which team yeah, is called on the goalie interference, I think. Uh, and that's another 50,000 fine for Rod there. And um, anyway, well, you know, going on, there was, a, there was a, we were pretty much underdogs all the time. We were pretty awful. So not unlike my soccer team most of the time, to be honest. Um, there was one young Finnish lad in the team who was clearly head and shoulders above everyone else, a guy called Sebastian, who was there. And, uh, you know, I was concerned we were going to lose him because that's what happens in the UK in soccer. Big clubs come and steal your great players, right? Um, but slowly building. And, you know, we persisted. We got season tickets for the, for the next season. Um, uh, we, we moved an edge slowly closer to the ice as we, we could see their faces and actually see the ice as well, which was good. Uh, I still can't see the puck most of the time, even when we slow-mo on the scoreboard, but, you know, um, so, so, you know, and that's, that's really how we got hooked and we started going every week and, and I guess the rest is history. We had a big interruption with COVID of course. And so it's just great to be back there again. Um, you know, with the whole family, we were there Friday night, we stayed until the end, uh, unlike many others, maybe we can talk about that in a little while and, uh, you know, just, just get, get attached to this fantastic group of players and the the just the the attitude of the club i think just resonates the attitude of the team you can see the joy on the players faces when they're having playing well and enjoying themselves and i think that's that's really where we we got got bought in i think the club looks after you the season ticket members a big shout out to to Jen Ball, who was our, our season ticket uh, contact originally. I think she's now a realtor somewhere. Um, you know, she got us involved heavily. She'd contact us. She got us down uh, on the bench for one of the warm-ups, which was a fantastic experience, wearing the helmet, having Rod stand behind you, chewing gum in a warm-up was quite an intimidating experience, I can tell you that. Wow. Um, you know, how that man doesn't bite his cheek or his tongue when he chews gum ferociously. It's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and uh, at that time, there were two players who came over and actually said hello. There's a guy, uh, Eddie Joel Edmondson. He came and fist pumped us all. The rest were very focused. And there was a, there was a young Russian lad um, called Andrei Svechnikov who also came over and just carefully left a warm-up puck in front of us to take home as well. And so Never heard of him. No, no. Uh, young guy, not very popular, not well known in the club, I don't think. But um, well, I think that's that's how our sort of our, our love affair with Andre uh, came on, you know, because he, he just seems such a genuinely fantastic fellow, someone who works hard at his game, um, you know, tough, plays tough, plays hard. 
uh, you see him working after the match and shooting when he's when he's missed a couple of chances. And I'm sure he's sure he's working on that right now. And I'm sure that's like eating him inside. But he just seems a just seems a great guy. And so you know, from then on, we we went to our first away game which again hockey doesn't seem to have sort of traveling support so much obviously we get a lot of the east coast guys come down and and uh leave unhappily from our stadium um big shout out to the pittsburgh guys behind me who were telling me style was terrible and sucked who just before he scored the winner uh <laughs> i turned around to remind them they seem to have left early as well so uh i couldn't bring that up well we went to colorado um we 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 took our swiss flag to try and get a Puck from Nino, we're waving it frantically, my daughter, uh, waving that frankly, uh, frantically at Nino. And we, we managed to get a warm-up puck and and as well a, a, a player's puck, a, a, an in-play puck that went into the bench. And thanks to Doug Bennett for looking behind to see where the Canes <laughs> fans were and chucking that over to us. I'm sure we'd have got a hat-trick were we uh, actually to have won that game, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. But that was a great, great away experience over in Denver. So, so all of those experiences just show... What a great club, uh, great fan base. We have a great time whenever we go. And uh, looking forward to the game this afternoon against some team from up north. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to be getting into that too. Colin, what a great... See, now we've always said a lot of people, sometimes they worry they, and, and you get, they talk about bandwagon fans and stuff. And I've said it thousands of times. Everyone is a bandwagon fan at one point or another. But your experience getting on board right from the start uh, is sensational. To have that type of... Uh, interaction with the team immediately and to get the feel of the culture that has been created uh that's what appeals to a lot of people it's not it's not it doesn't even have to be the players themselves it's the culture that mm -hmm. this team has has grown uh thanks to rod uh, yeah. and he, I do see how hard he chews that gum. My goodness, I can't yeah. imagine. And look, he would be intimidating just meeting in general, never mind, you know, pacing behind you. I mean, that would be something. What a great experience! It feels like for somebody you. who's I feel like Rod's more intimidating now that he's older than he was as a player. I don't know why, but like Ron Francis used to scare me, not scare me, but like Ron Francis is an intimidating dude because he's just so reserved and quiet. and it's Ron yeah. Francis, right? Yeah. And I've met Brenda Moore, and he he feels more approachable when he was younger, and I don't know why, but now that he's a coach, it's like, like that's like, and, and his accomplishments too, right? It's like that's like the Rod Brenda Moore because when I met him, he wasn't quite yet, you know, yeah. champion, you know, captain, coach, you know, should be in the Hall of Famer, right? Um, and I wanted to put out too, Colin. You know, you mentioned the culture and the fans and. Ray likes cross-pollination between sports. I've started watching EPL soccer just in the last couple of years. And I'm a Crystal Palace fan. Oh, yeah. So, oh. so, so we're on opposite sides of, of, of the pitch here. But coming from somebody who, who grew up in that environment, like going to EPL games, just watching Crystal Palace on TV, you can feel the energy. And you can feel like I – one of my goals is whenever our family makes it over to England – I'm, it's going to revolve around me getting tickets to a match, which is probably easier said than done. But that, that's that's on my bucket list, right? And but playoff games in Raleigh, like that's got to be at least approaching that level of like fever and like 
just raw emotion and energy, I would just, you know, suspect that you get the feeling when you're in an EPL stadium. Yeah, look, um, I, obviously, I, I, they're the team that cannot be named for me. Uh, you know, we're, we're arch rivals back, back from Wolf is out six weeks. We're, we're not going to be probably, we may not be in the premiership. In the premiership. Well, he always scores against us. He'll probably just come on from his sick bed just to score against us and win 1-0. Um, but, 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 you know, I, I like to call them Croydon FC. Uh, I, I can't say can't say the, say the word CP at all. It's interesting that the, that the Capitals have CP in them as well. That's all I'm saying. Um, but, you know... <laughs> You know, they are. Gosh, that, that kind of hurts. Oh, yeah. Uh, un, unlike, oh, don't get me started on the Capitals and, and why they use a hockey stick for the T. That really annoys me. But anyway, um, but, you know, the, at least the Croydon Club is authentic. It is genuinely a club. I, I actually even have friends uh, who support them, um, although we obviously have a healthy rivalry. And some of that atmosphere that you get, particularly at the Derby games, is, is kind of unrivaled and that edginess that, uh, you know, I remember it always used to be Boxing Day, which again translated as the day after Christmas in the UK and uh, always used to be the big Derby match. And we had some, as a, as a kid, going along to those games and that atmosphere was frenzy and, and just... You know, feeling that touch paper when we when we got to the playoffs for the first time in a long time, um, and feeling the the noise in the PNC and the emotion in the PNC that that was fabulous. The, I've always said it's it's a it's a crazy experience. I have not been lucky enough to be in the barn when uh, they're playing in the playoffs. I have to watch it from home, sadly, but uh, they, they say it's the, it's the loudest building in the playoffs. 2006 proved it. And every time, every time that they are in it, especially game sevens, man, that crowd can just explode. Oh, they yeah. just blow their, blow the roof off. And it's, it's awesome. Everything about it. it it's Absolutely final tap it. in the playoffs where it really is like they, they turn it up to 11. Yeah, you know, because that's one more. Except, but it's not really eleven. It's like a nineteen, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I still the the adrenaline rush of Game Seven, two thousand six Stanley Cup Finals took. I know for me, it took me a couple of days before I felt right, and I never really connected it. But I think you have so much adrenaline. You know, you have you know dopamine, dopamine. just coursing yeah. through your body, and your body can only make so much. And then for the next two days, your body's like, you have none. I got to make more. Just chill. You're going to feel kind of, kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and, that, and I'm like, you know, I never put that together, but that's what it was. It's, you know, it's a four hour adrenaline rush. Right. And even when the game's over, everybody's hyped up and we're all outside. Mm-hmm. We're taking pictures and it's going crazy. And then the next yeah. two days you feel like you've run. A, I've, I promise you I've never run a marathon, but I have to imagine I was, it feels like what that felt like. You're just, you know, you feel lazy like you know it's not a motivation thing you're like i want to do this but my body is saying no yeah i knew how i felt in northern alberta watching that game closely and like my friends around me they humored my excitement and jumping up and down and screaming and all the rest of it i was losing my mind but you're right like that i had that same sort of feeling even from way back you're just watching it and seeing your team succeed like that and com- and completing a dream that every fan has we talk about the dreams that the players have they've always dreamt of lifting the cup for themselves and and all the rest of it the fans have that experience too just wanting to see them do it if they can't be it 
they want to be a part of it. And the one thing that I've known about the Canes and the, and the Whalers fans, frankly, is that they were always, the fans were always part of the team, but, but I will say more so now, like the fans are so much a part of this and they pump, pump the team up. And it's like, they provide the fuel when the players run out of it they'll provide the fuel for them. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And they've got a lot of great reason to feel good right now because of what we've experienced in the past week. Let's, let's jump into that. Uh, uh, I, I, actually, I just, I want to ask Colin real quick. Um, sure. Favorite, favorite player like now or historical Colin, like who's, who's your go-to if somebody, if, if you were going to introduce somebody from back home in England to the Canes and you're going to talk about somebody who, who's your go-to? Yeah, well, uh, look, it, it's a little bit cliched, you know. Fishy kind of, we we loved him first of all because he was a the great player and what was a pretty average side, you know. Um, and uh, but you know, ever since that he took took that punch and fell flat on the ice, uh, you kind of you you knew you knew there was a whole family love affair with Andrei Svechnikov. So you know, uh, lucky enough to meet him at this signature season ticket signature night the other night, and. Uh, um, you know, typical sarcastic stuff. So, so I took the puck and I, I've got a, got my ego. I've got my Calgary goal scoring puck that I I took with him and I, I uh, paid paid for in an auction and said, uh, "Sorry, who are you again?" Uh, and sort of squinted at his name and uh, uh, you know, and he's just such a charming guy. And he said, you know, he he even complimented me on my English, which was which was fantastic, which I was very pleased about. Um, nice. After trying to speak some French with Calvin Deham just before, so uh, just just constantly seems like the the nicest guy in the world off the ice, very charming, um, and a hard worker on the ice. So yeah, my daughter has a has a big crush on him. She's fourteen, and uh, I think I probably do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my when my daughter was fourteen, she loved uh, Skinner. Skinner was uh Jeff Skinner was just absolutely it and that baby face she, too. She yeah, she was glued to the glass there at the start of the warm-up in Edmonton that night. Let me tell you, uh, it was it was something. Um uh, and and you you call it cliche, but Colin, like picking, you know, uh, those two players, but we're going to get into that a little bit later on because I've got a point that I want to make, and especially mm-hmm. as it concerns uh, Sebastian Ajo, but mm-hmm. he was a big part of that Dallas game and that Dallas game, uh, Ajo scores uh, the first goal of the game, his 200th shorthanded again, this what a beaut. It was it was sensational little leg kick at the at the last second slides at five hole. And I was just like, this guy's magic. And again, how many times do we have to say, you know, we want to start, I guess, declining penalties instead, if they're going to give the other team a penalty, let them just put our guy in the box. Because our shorthanded group is scoring at a better clip than our penalty, you know, our power play is. So let's just put our own guy in just for fun and and see what happens. Because it's either six six Ray or it's seven six to the shorties for the month of January. Is that that's unbelievable? What's going on? But he, 
but there there it is like aho makes that play it's his hockey sense right he's he's got the game figured out two or three steps ahead most people on the ice Mm -hmm. and he just knows where things are going to be and he cuts it off he's got the brains for it but that you know certainly wasn't the only story in the game uh Mm -hmm. fist the cuffs fetch me my trousers at once no, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. Those ones. My fighting trousers. One Dallas player was talking when he should have been listening, and Pesci showed him why. I didn't know he had that in him. When they put the, the close-up there, so someone gets tripped, and it was really a nothing play. It was an absolute nothing play. But out of nowhere player comes skating right over and wants to have words and Pesci obliged him. Uh, that what a, could you, I'd never seen him quite like that before. Everyone gets into a scrum, right? But to start chucking knuckles the way he was, I didn't think he, I thought that was something for more. Oh, I don't know. Like Chatfield is a guy that makes me think that he, he'd be one to, to throw, throw the mitts a little bit pesci was great yeah. it Holy was cow it was luke um glendening from dallas right yes that doesn't really know what's going on goes over just it's just a hockey thing right I, i'm trying to explain this to my nine-year-old like sometimes they fight and they really it's, it's just like a motivational thing they're not really trying to hurt each other and brett pesci generally i mean is, is physical but isn't like a fighter there's a couple of great camera angles. He lands this overhand left that just was like, oh, that had to sting. That'll and I loved up. it. So what? It, I don't. I don't know what you fed him that night, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if mom made cookies or something, but my goodness, like he that that was a punch. That that was a real punch right there. It, that Colin, it, that's uh, that that kind of that kind of punching and stuff you would see. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not because uh, I love I love uh, football as well. But uh, you see more in the stands than you do on the on the pitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean that's that. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, that's a big big attraction to the game, isn't it? The the physicality and and Brett, he's a he's a kind of clean cut guy you'd expect to be there helping out at at Sunday school in the morning, right? And to see him throw that left I think I've seen him once like that there was a game last year um and I remember actually I was just probably at the concession stand because it was just on the screen and he got he got a nasty hit in the back of the head and he just absolutely lost it and said I'm not having that so just the ones before I've seen that little flash from it but uh, it just goes I think to show the depth of steel and I think there's also you know with that Dallas game uh we we're a little bit I said I love the underdogs. I think we sometimes, when we're favourites, we're, we're, we're not great. We don't play fantastic. We like a little bit of the underdog in us. We like something to go against us. We like a bad call or a bad decision or a bad play. And then that just seems to light the team up. And so that goes back to the shorty experience we seem to have. No no question. And and Natchez gets the uh, overtime goal. And oddly enough, so he was also the fellow that scored the overtime goal against Dallas in Raleigh. And that made me remember that he was the pain in the lightning's arse 
in overtime because he beat them twice. He beat Vasilevsky in overtime twice as well. So he's got a knack of being the problem solver in overtime. Natchez has been, you know, lights out. There's no question. What a what a great play on his part to get that game winner. It might have been the athletic. Uh, Natchez has, I think it's 21 goals on the season. And 18 of them, I think, are game-tying, game-winning, or OT goals. If I, it's, it's crazy. It, I was like, there's no way. And but Is that, that serious? It, it, it's a, I, I'll try and find the article to confirm that what I read. But it, wow. it's, it was like all – like 18 of his goals are like important goals. Wow. And then, you know, as I kind of said that night, I said, you know, at least as far as Natchez goes, you know, you can't spell Dallas without two big L's. ladies and gentlemen give it up for brad now um look here this is the one thing that i want to uh and and we'll we talked about it earlier uh and i said this to brad in the text brad and i text all the time during games it's a can we start now giving sebastian aho the proper praise that he deserves he is the best player on this team there's a i said it before and it shocked brad a little bit that i think of aho now as francis was Mm -hmm. he is a 200 foot player that is a leader that thinks the game well he's a little faster than francis was make no mistake about that but he is just he's sensational and everyone kind of goes oh the cliche to like him or or they go do even worse and say that he's that carolina doesn't have any superstars i'm sorry aho is a superstar he plays the game faster and and more consistently than anyone than anyone on this team and i know that natchez should have been an all-star svechnikov is was selected as because he had a great start he's kind of been missing let's be honest about svechnikov now he's kind of been missing no goals yet this year in 2023 like we need him to start scoring a little bit more i don't keep playing the way he has because he's always great he's always tough but he needs to find the net again but aho has been like dragging this team across the finish line you know what i mean for to win games important games even when it's just one singular shift that you need to change the game when you're down, he's the one that you can put on the ice and you know, you're going to get that. I mean, you get that also from stall as well. And the third line, I, I understand them too, but Aho is an all-star. Aho is an all-star and the best player on this team. And I don't know how else to say it. We need to start showing him a little bit of respect. We we can look at the OT goal from Natchez and the game tying goal from Natchez against the Sharks. Yeah. That doesn't happen if Aho doesn't go 180 feet and and net that third goal. Yeah. But, you know. Let's let's move to the Sharks game. What uh, uh, Colin? What you you were uh, your season ticket holder? You were there for it, were you not? Yeah, I was at that game. It was uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic win. It looked like we were a little bit lackluster, honestly, for the first 
first, uh, well, until the last one and a half minutes, to be honest, um, it looked like it. the team, uh, I think it's difficult to say this, but it looked like a team that felt they should be winning, felt they should be winning the game. And, you know, if you, you drop half a percent in this in this sport, you, you're, you're going to lose. And uh, they yeah. weren't quite with it. They weren't with it at all. And um, yeah, but but what excitement at the end and that that atmosphere to see to look across and see my entire family absolutely screaming when uh, when marty put that overtime goal in was fantastic oh isn't it great and look we we gotta give uh a former hurricane a lot of credit in that game um i i've heard a few people say oh the canes didn't look the greatest in this one a little you know and i was like I don't know, guy. I thought they played not too bad, but Reimer was standing on his head. How many great saves. He was doing to us what he did for us mm-hmm. for quite some time. And to see to see him do that, I was like, come on, Optimus. Where's a little, you know, where's a little love for your former yeah. team? You know, you could let one go by and then the the, the Han goal. I thought, oh, okay, well, there you go. (laughs) Thank you. There's the charity one, the one that he probably wants back the most because the goals that he was beaten on from there, he didn't have much chance on. And the Mm -hmm. same could be said for Ranta too. Like Ranta, the goals that he gave up, I didn't see any softies. Like there was a lot of traffic in front of the net. I mean, the Sharks brought their A game, make no mistake about that. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a statement as to every night, whether we like it or not, or think it or not, any t- either team can win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no matter what, you look at it on paper and it's easy to say, oh, well, Carolina's going to crush San Jose. But it, when they get on the ice, it's a different story and there's different motivations for everyone. And that Aho goal after the empty netter. So the empty netter goes and the fans start to leave. Now, Colin, what's your, what's your take on that? Like here, and you've got the experience with the, with the EPL as well. Like do people leave early to beat the rush and stuff, or do they stay in their seats and support their team and chant and scream and sing to the end? What's the, What's the vibe there? Yeah, look, I mean, it's common and and people have good reasons for leaving. You know, Um, I I have to say, I remember being at a game um, in Croydon against a team that cannot be mentioned. And we were four or five nil down at halftime. And some of my friends left. I said, come on, this is going to be the the greatest win ever. It wasn't. It was terrible. We lost. Um, Look, People have their own good reasons and people can have their free choice. Right. But I, I just think it's they're missing out. They're missing out on those once every blue moon moments that are fantastic, fantastic turnarounds. And, you know, I saw, I saw a friend during the, uh, the, uh, the interval just before that period, the third period. And uh, I texted him and I said, I hope you didn't leave. So shout out to Mark who did, did leave the stadium. Fantastic. And missed both the last goals and the overtime winner. But, um, you know, reading that statistic on Twitter that, uh, and it was on Twitter, so it must be true. Uh, that's only the third game ever where a team has lost an empty netter and be two down in the last two minutes and come back and won. And when, when Fishy got that goal, 
you, you talked about him and what he brings to that team and that's you know you hear trip talk about just his pure competitiveness that that desire to win against everything else and uh, you know I, I looked at my family and said this is it we've got this now because you could just see it in his eyes you could just see that he's like we're going to win this and he just brought the whole team with him he he you know, yes, he gave the final pass, I think, to, to Marty in the overtime winner, but it's just that that momentum and desire he brought so that with 11 and a half seconds to go when that goal went in, the place erupted. And he could have scored five goals. He could have scored oh, yeah. five times in the third. <laughs> like how many, like he scored the, the bookends there between the uh, the Sharks who, who got out to that two-goal lead. He had the bookends around it. But he had so many chances in close breakaway on, on Reimer that Reimer robbed him of. And it was like, oh, is just on fire. And that's the one thing that was going, he is on fire. He's playing possessed. I can't believe we might lose this game. Mm -hmm. And when they scored that empty netter, I was disappointed, but I'm watching and that's, and I stay with it. And, all of a sudden they go out and five on five, they get it that one thing closer. And I just had this feeling you, you just, like you say, that feeling that you had Colin in the rink, you could feel it through the I TV. Had it too. I, you I could feel it to, bed yeah. to watch and was rewarded. <laughs> you could just feel it through the TV. Like it just, there was something there and it was so fantastic. Natchez of that, that shot to tie the game that was bar down it was beautiful and how much flex on that stick did you <laughs> did you see the slow-mo the flex on the stick and he was standing still can't believe he didn't break it it was it was unreal and then the and how about the overtime which ranta made a couple of big saves in that one too mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was back and forth excitement. A lot of people don't like the three on three kind of gimmicky. They wish, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like, and I'm kind of one like, eh, you know, three on three. I'm glad they don't do that in the playoffs. But man, that was entertaining, wasn't it? Better like, than the shootout oh. for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way better than a shootout. 100%. And, and that was so real quick. That was a weird game. We're going to talk about you know, potential acquisitions here in a few minutes. Uh, Timo Meyer not on the scoreboard, right? Yeah. Uh, Oscar Lindblom gets his fifth of the year. Uh, Nick Benito gets his ninth. Uh, Eismont gets his second. And Ferraro gets his third. It's not like these are top end. There's no 20, there's no 10 goal scores among that group, right? These are all guys who don't score very much, but found it on the Canes. And then going back to Ajo, you know, Dahan, I was glad to see him get his second. He opens the scoring. Then, like you said, Aho bookends it. And yeah, sometimes when I always go back to that Calgary OT game from last year where it's like Aho gets the puck and you just you just see the way his body moves and you go, oh, he's he's decided to play hockey and and he's just gonna score. And he yeah. scores. Let's see, it was let me do math here. 15 seconds after the empty netter. It took him 15 seconds to go down the ice and and put one in to set up Martin Natchez, you know, a minute, less than a minute and a half later, and then 55 seconds into OT, bing, bang, boom. Um, I'm with Colin. Like, when it comes to fans leaving early, I, I I never do. And that's mostly because of games like this. 
if you leave early and there's a chance, you know, if, you know, if the Kings are down four goals with two to go, yeah, I, you know, even then I probably wouldn't leave to be honest, but I, I can at least get that right. I have a nine year old. If he's tired and he's cranky and mm-hmm. it's just not fun. So I, I get people have things to do. They got to get up in the morning, but I stay because of the what ifs. I try and be optimistic and go, what, what might happen? Because as Colin said, third time in NHL history, this has happened. When's the next one? Like, when when are you going to get to see that again? Like, who knows? It might be a couple of years. It might be, as an in-person fan, probably never, right? Unless you're a Sharks fan, because they've done it twice now. But for everybody else, yeah. you've done it one or none. But at the, the other reason I don't leave early is, and this came out of Rod's comments. I know some fans were a little, I, I don't, I think they took Rod's comments personally. And, you know, and but Rod acknowledged like the, you know, they could see the people leaving, right? And that's the other reason is, you know, we've had seasons. I remember being in the building with season tickets and having those bad seasons after the 2006 years. And they, they weren't as bad as the nine year streak, but last game, you know, last game of the season, the last minute or two, everybody's on their feet, everybody's cheering, nobody's leaving to let the guys know, hey, you, you did what you could do. We're here for you. Hey, this is a midseason game against the Sharks. It's not that kind of a game, right? It's not the end of the season or anything. But the players notice, and I, I don't, not that I won't call a player out, but I don't try not to bash players, right? Because they're humans, right? I mean, it, they, you know, it's and it, 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 I kind of loop it in with that too. So for the people that left, I'm not going to bag on you. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to say I'm disappointing you. That's your call. Like you do what you, you know, do what you want. But I, I will stay say that I'm proud of the people who stayed to the end whether it's for selfish reasons like me, I just don't want to miss an amazing comeback like this. Or for the people who are like, you know what? The players are playing 60 minutes of hockey. I'm going to stay for 60 minutes of hockey. You know, I, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's gatekeeping either way. Right. It's, it's, it's potentially gatekeeping. And, and like Colin said, you know, you, you still consider yourself a newer fan after five years. I would say at this point, no, you can drop the new fan label, but a hundred percent, you can, you know, it's, it's one of those things like it, what other people do shouldn't affect us directly. If it's something as innocuous as like leaving the game early, because people got reasons. Yeah. But we got, <laughs> they missed out. We feel we got an assist that night, right? Yeah, hundred percent. As a fan, we got an assist. The the That's... Kings traditionally have played a lot better at PNC, and there's no doubt in my mind that has to do with the energy of the fans. <laughs> uh, okay, so Brad, do you do you remember watching uh, Bad News Bears? Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. but. Okay, because uh, this not a is core what, memory. So what that, you will, what you, what I will tell you is what I do at the end of games. It it comes straight from the Bad News Bears movie. Okay, when I see people start leaving, and I'm sorry, I'm one of those guys. I stand up and I throw my hands out and I say, "But the game's not over yet." And you remember <laughs> in Bad News Bears. The, the the little minor league uh, so like little little league players were playing in the Astrodome in Houston and stuff and it was a little gimmicky thing and mm-hmm. they thought they were playing their game and then they said it's time for the little kids to leave so the men can play and this one kid took the ball and he said no no the game's not over yet and he uh-huh. starts running around everywhere and that's me <laughs> like I'm like the game's not over yet and and the other thing I'll say is the you didn't pay enough for your tickets Look, a trip to the arena, honestly, is not cheap anymore. 
it's not like it's you pay a lot of money to get uh, good seats and and for me it's i want to see everything and i'm and it doesn't make me a better fan it doesn't make me whatever because i take my lumps too if it's like and i had i've got friends that say raymond you wouldn't stay for an eight nothing game and i'm like no i i probably would i, I would so I, could a, be like, I was at the eight nothing game how bad yeah, was that <laughs> yeah I, and you you just want to take it all in sort of thing like that's just kind of who i am i don't leave bad movies if a movie stinks in the theater i still watch it because you know i yep. paid my 15 bucks and i'm going to find something enjoyable out of this movie and and if I don't, then I can say I watched it right through to the end, and it stank the whole. I gave way it a through. shot, and it's still. Yeah. It's a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Now, look. Speaking about uh, uh, badges of honor, um, in, in a, it's a flimsy segue here, but the Stadium Series jerseys are out, and it's the uh, Brad in the storm cellar is wearing the badge of honor. He's already got the stadium series Jersey on. And my original take, and we've talked about it, what if we based on the leaks and stuff like that, I was kind of like, meh, you know, because you couldn't see the numbering. You couldn't see the stitching. It was just very plain Jane. And now you're looking at it and, and, the the numbering the lettering the it makes it work it makes it work i like it of course brad's got svechnikov he's that's his that's his guy um i i like him. what do you what do you think what do you think colin like the only thing that i'm wondering is what they're going to look like from a distance at the game Mm -hmm. are they going to be easy enough to see like it looks like it should be easy enough to see from a distance, right? But I don't know, Brad, you were talking about a little bit of white. Like I would have done white trim, white threading for the for the, all the sewing, is because that would have been super visible in this jersey. I still think it's uninspired. I'm not going to change probably from that position. I like it better now that I've seen it in person. The fo- I, I said all along. I said, depending on what they do with the font and the lettering is going to make or break it. And they did it. They knocked that part out. You know, they knocked that out of the park and the whole ensemble. If you look at the helmet and the pants and everything, it looks gorgeous together. Yeah. 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 But just over like jeans, it's growing on me. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't like the reverse. I said this on Twitter, the reverse retro, they, they debut that with the little NHL clips that the NHL did. And I thought they were terrible. And like three days later, Walt Ruff posts like just a picture of one, like, you know, laying there in normal light. I'm like, that looks gorgeous. Why didn't you post that? And I feel the yeah. same way about these. The marketing folks should take whatever their first three ideas are for Jersey reveals and throw them away and, and, and film them <laughs> and edit them and get them ready and then delete them and just have, you know, Joe or, or Karen with a camera, take a picture of it hanging up and just post that because that looks way better. Like yeah. the fancy light, you put it under the fancy lights and all, and you really can't see what's going on. And, that that's my marketing one on one tip for the for the next time. But yeah. my only real complaint is this is basically the same jersey that leaked two years ago. They did nothing with it. They did nothing with it, but these could have been available anytime in the last six months. I know yeah. people said, "Oh, they got to manufacture them." And the, once they decided that, that they weren't going to really change the jersey, they could have started manufacturing them, and there's no reason it was three weeks till the game, less than three weeks till the game, and they're just now on shelves. 
right? If you want an Aho, a Stahl, or a Svechnikov, you can buy a breakaway, which is what this is. The you know because yeah. they don't because Adidas, being a, a German company, decided you know this is very on brand for Adidas. They you know they make clothes for people who are fit. So there are no 58s and 60s, which are 2X and 3Xs in, in the authentic, right. right? But there is no reason these jerseys could not have been for sale at any point other than there's a marketing reason. And the marketing reasons are all completely terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these should have been available with custom stitch and everything. Honestly, in time for Christmas, if they didn't want to bite into the 25th anniversary sales, fine. But the people are going to drop big dough on authentic jerseys they're either going to buy them or not. They're not going to say I'm going to buy one or the other because you release them six weeks apart. We all knew they were coming. So people had already made that decision. So just give people the opportunity to buy. That's, that's my big gripe about it. So, but mm-hmm. it's growing on me. I, I have to say, I like it. I like the flag. I, I've always liked the NC flag on the jerseys. The Stapesters patch is awesome because the whole logo, whoever designed the logo, fantastic job on the 25th anniversary and yep. the stadium logos. Those are great. Um, the colors they chose are good. Definitely, if you're sitting in the stadium series, bring small, go to Walmart, go to Target, get a small pair of 8X binoculars, little pocket binoculars. You're going to want them. Um, but I, I think you'll be able to see okay. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, look, they look nice. I think they look smart. Um, I, I'm always surprised about the amount of emotion and outpouring in a jersey change, honestly. And people people lose lose a lot of their minds over that. But I think they look cool. I, I would have bought one the other night, um, but the lady in the shop told me they were 250 bucks. I think that's not quite right for the unlabeled one. So she probably lost a sale or two there. But, uh, you know, I, I think they look nice. But, you know, you could put a number 37 on the back of a Crystal Palace shirt and I might even wear that. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! And, and and cons coming from you know EPL kits feel like they change every year. At like, least they, they do, I mean, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, pretty uh, much. As far as sponsorships yeah. and stuff like that, even if the sponsor do. changes, they they have new kits almost every year. Yeah, oh man, away. nuts! Right? Nuts! I mean, you you can dump a lot of money into soccer kits if you mm-hmm. want to stay current. And the Hurricanes, yeah. for the most part, have had three jerseys, four four jerseys for years and years and years. Yeah. And so now we're getting this glut of jerseys. And it's going to be interesting in two or three years when we don't get a new one. And people are like, well, when's the last we got a new jersey? It's like, do you remember when we got like four new ones in the same year? That's that's why, right? I'm in a real pickle now, though, for myself, because I have a stadium jersey on the way for me. It's an Ajo. And uh, I just decided to go with it. In fact, I wrote on, I wrote on our blog, the Storm Cellar blog, the, you know, Sorry, it wasn't on the Storm Cellar blog yet. It was like, how do you make decisions on what you want and all the rest? Very difficult. You can be paralyzed with indecision. Um, And now I've got to decide between the black alternate jersey with the flags, because the flags are sensational in the negative space. And like, that's glorious. But then there's the 25th anniversary one for the patch for the font for everything else i it's i want to get them both i might come home with three jerseys this is going to make my That's wife the tough part. i mean the big thing is like this i knew the stadium series jerseys are one and done i i don't think you'll see a second run so if you want one you you, you just yeah. you don't have a choice right you have to buy it the 25th they might do more they might do second runs of those this year and but then they're gone right yeah so 
you know, if you want the, you know, the, the, the new, you know, home black Jersey, like that's going to be around, they're going to keep making those for the foreseeable future. So the other two will become limited editions. You know, I, I've yeah. been looking for a mighty ducks reverse retro with like the cartoonish mighty duck. The original yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. You can't find them. And if you can find them used, they're super expensive. Sure. People hated that Jersey when it came out. They, everybody's like, it's ugly. It's terrible. Nobody likes it. I, I thought it was kind of neat, wasn't it? <laughs> but now it's rare. Right, you can't. Yeah, you cannot buy it new. You have to buy it. You same thing. I I actually like the Smashville jerseys from last year, which really? most people hate. I yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't in on a. It it's not that it's the best looking jersey, but they took a risk. I think it paid off. Like I know people don't like like the block letters are different sizes, but the big yellow stripe in the middle, like it's it's different. It's not boring. Like yeah, that, that's mostly what I want. It's just not boring. You know, but and I almost bought one and I didn't because I was like, eh, I don't. You know. I don't like them enough to do that. But yeah. Even though people don't like them, go find one. Good luck. Yeah. If you find one used, you're going to pay, re- you're going to pay whatever they paid for it. You're going to pay that at least because and it's more. it's now a rarity. So if you want a stadium series, you want a 25th anniversary Jersey, go get one. Cause no when they're gone, they're gone. We are. Uh, so we're, we're getting close to running out on time and we still have a few other things to talk about. Brad, uh, the, you know, this team, when you see what we did on Friday night and you know that we've got the Bruins coming up today and, and probably sometime in the playoffs, uh, trade talk continues. And you have a, an angle here that you wanted to make sure that you pointed out. So we'll turn the floor to you. Just super, I'll try and make it super quick. Uh, I'm a little loquacious, we as we all know, but. It, the rumor, the speculation is that Vancouver, right? Jim Rutherford, whom we all know, is asking for basically a top six player in a turn for Bo Horvat. And, and he's not even letting you talk to him. Like, so extension isn't even part of the this yet. And I just, I've heard people say, like, that's not going to happen because of that. And I, wanted, I just wanted to say real quickly, it might. Because pretty much every team that's in the playoffs has spent to the cap or nearby, right? Bruins have 33,000 bucks to spend. The Canes have zero. You can go down the list, which means you're only playing with LTIR money. So the only people that can afford Horvat are teams like the Hurricanes, which are one of the very few and the non-playoff teams and the non-playoff teams aren't going to acquire Horvat because they can wait three months and get him for free if he doesn't sign anywhere. So Horvat is not out of the picture based upon what Jimmy Rutherford's asking for because Jimmy Rutherford knows in his heart he has zero leverage. He will either lose Horvat or he'll take whatever compensation is offered because the, the pool of teams who can sign Horvat, who have the room, is like five teams. Yep. And of those five teams, like you know, two or three of them are playoff teams. So his his potential suitors is a teeny tiny group. He is not, he's he's trying to fake it and play from a position of power, but he ain't it ain't it. Yeah. Um, Meyer, I I I'm I'm a I'm glad Timo didn't score against us the other night because that guy can go off. Yes. And B he can. I I I'm glad the game went the way it did. Right. The Sharks were up. I'm sure he was feeling good most of the game. Then the Hurricanes come back. Bing bang boom. The game is over. You lose having been up by two goals with two minutes to go, and to hear the fans and to feel the electricity. And I still think a, a long-term contract with Meyer would be maybe the best option for us right now. And I'm glad that he got a sense of what hockey can be in Carolina because yeah. 
you know, some guys, they, they may, you know, they may not notice it, but now that he's on the trade, you know, now that he's on the block potentially, and this might be a destination for him. I think this is good time for him to come in and see what Carolina hockey is about. So that's all I wanted to say. Colin, what do you, I, I wouldn't rule, I wouldn't rule out Horvat. I'm not, I don't think it's a done deal. I don't think he, we're going to pick him up, but the fact that Jimmy Rutherford is asking too much is irrelevant because Jim's not going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your take, Colin? Yeah, sorry, I was just on a text message there arranging my uh, my lift for this afternoon's game, actually. But uh, yeah, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I'm very partisan still with my hockey. I haven't really uh, know too much about any other players except when they have a great performance against us. But what I'm sort of most concerned about is the chemistry and, and bringing somebody in who hits the ground running, who's got that rod mentality, who's going to run for, through walls for the team, whether they're, whether they're put in the fourth line or the first line. And I think... I think that's the most important thing, to be honest. And so, uh, you know, I, I suspect what we'll see is somebody we go huh, and, and raise our eyebrows up and we think, you know, is that the kind of person that we wanted in? Um, yeah, a little bit like like maybe the, the season that Nason's having under uh, Rod, you know, scoring well, playing hard. Um, and I think we'd be surprised it'll probably be someone that we haven't put a name to. Would surprise me at all. And I, I love the fact you brought up team chemistry. Um, I, I don't think... Don Waddell is going to wait till the trade trade deadline if he can help it because what we need is power play help and that takes time. And so I I think Don's going to look to make a move as soon as one becomes available, if it's the right move. And, and Colin, yeah, it is a tremendous point. And in fact, it leads into, it's part of the reason why I am so laser focused on the idea of getting Horvat in Bo Horvat fits the identity and chemistry of this team. He is a work ethic guy. He is hard. Like he, he will go like, he's a captain. He's got leadership. He's a captain for the Canucks. Uh, Despite the difficulty and the craziness that that franchise has been going through, he still shows effort. Like just the other night, four, four points, just like that. He is the fix that we need at a two, uh, two C. That's what we need. We need someone who's great on the power play, which he is. We need someone who's got that work ethic and the never give up effort. That's what we need. And I think I've got the trade that could do it for us. And this is, this is, I don't know if it would completely work. There's only one question that I have. If Rutherford is demand is saying no, you cannot speak to him as far as long-term deals. Okay. This is this is the deal. I say this is how we do it. We get a we give up the first rounder that we have this year. Okay. We deal uh from Chicago either Morrow or Suzuki, one of them, and a future considerations situation, which is if Horvat is signed long-term to the Hurricanes, you will also get either Jarvis, Kotkiniemi, or, or Nason. One of those three. But that's only if he signs long-term. If he doesn't sign long-term, he got two, two 
uh, acquisitions that are worthy of a rental that you only get for five months. Like that first round pick is going to be important. And this is a big, this is a big draft coming up. You know what I mean? Like the draft is going to be a glut of good talent, but the Canes pick is very late in the draw. So you give them a young talent that's got lots of potential. Moro is one. Suzuki is one that would fit in well in, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to let us talk, we can't make that other deal. And I think he's going to have to settle for that if it's a rental. Um, I don't think I give up Jarvis for Horvat. Um, Maybe not that, Jarvis. That's hard. Um, I would give up KK. I, as much as I like KK, I would give up KK. Yeah. I don't know that they would take Stefan um, Nason because he's 29, right? He's not no, 22 or 23. He he's, 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 he's new to us, but he has been around the HL for a very long time. Um, can I, can, can I, can I trade Paul Stastny? Cause he's technically been playing two C that's a top six guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm joking. For anybody who yeah. Doesn't, doesn't yeah. Catch that. It's that's not the deal, but, but if he know. wants a top six guy, I'll give him Stastny. There you go. I, it's it's just one of those they they want someone young they want rebuilding kk is actually the guy and, and our first the, rounder is going to be a good one this is a deep draft you that it this is. first rounder could be turn out to be something pretty good yeah i mean so just if, a flyer that losing, I'm, yeah yeah just a flyer that i'm throwing out there uh, i mean jim rutherford uh, you have to say the way he's been behaving of late and what he did with bruce boudreaux i you wonder if his wits are about him because honestly, uh, what what has happened in Vancouver has been tragic, and it's a dumpster fire. It is. It, it's crazy about what's going on over there, and the the players are are suffer like it's suffering. But Horvat's got, uh, got a chip on his shoulder because he's been mistreated, and you want to. I mean, if you want a guy to come to you it's a guy with a chip on his shoulder for the way he's been treated he's going to want to show to vancouver and jim rutherford exactly what he gave up on and he's going to go lights out and in the work ethic and the culture that rod has developed here let me tell you he he he's the he's the great fit he's the one that i really really want and i think it's attainable it's not as out of reach as we might think yeah yeah Bruins this afternoon Bruins, Bruins. this is uh, the heavyweight battle right it's funny number that one comes up two in the whole league uh, th- this is so great and it's funny that it comes up on the same day as the NFL you know uh championship you know weekends and stuff right like the the big games and football going on the heavyweights are playing there it seems fitting that this one is going on. What are you expecting out of the Bruins? They lost last night. They now have officially their first losing streak. And they're coming in to PNC. They're coming into our barn. Colin's going to be there raising Kane. And it's going to be awesome. He's going to have to, you'll cheer extra loud for for me and Brad, right? Like maybe you could get the kids in there and say, look, you know, the boys in the storm cellar, we can't be at the game, but we need extra, extra loud cheering. What do you, what are you thinking? Calling the Bruins. They're the, they're the best darn team in the league and they've been running away from everyone for a long time. It's going to be a tough contest. They're, they're going to be good. And I've seen, you know, a lot of talk about them 
being burnt and having to bounce back and them going to be dangerous because they're bouncing back. So that's a little bit of a worry. But but I think, you know, we said how well we play when we're not favourites and when we're up against it. We have a point to prove. The team will have a point to prove who is the best team in the league today. Uh, and I think just that last minute will be in their minds of the Sharks game, that noise in that last minute. And if we can just maintain that momentum, I think anything can happen. It's, you know, it's going to be a tough one to call, but uh, I think we're in with a good shout this afternoon. Brad, what, what do you think? This is close to home to you. Like, I mean, we've yeah, talked this... about the teams that shall not be named. <laughs> My hasn't been mentioned, but for you, you're in Boston. These are always big, right? Because it, it depends on uh, how much grief I'm going to get until the next time they play. So I, I'm looking forward to an amazing back and forth game. The Bruins are just dominant. They have a plus 81 goal differential. You know, the Hurricanes have brought theirs up from a negative just six weeks ago to a plus 29, right? Yeah, yeah. Bruins, Bruins first yeah, with two losses in a row. Um, an OT loss, no less, to Florida. Like, they're going to be upset. They're going to be ready Angry. to go. The Hurricanes are four in a row on the win table. The big thing to me, these are the last two teams with under 10 losses, or under 10 regulation losses on the season. The Bruins have only lost six games in regulation. The Hurricanes have only lost nine. Yeah. Now the Hurricanes have a lot more OTLs, but so what? So yeah, you know if if Carolina can can even if they lose, all they need to do is show that they can skate with them today, right? That's a victory because the Bruins have been just that good. Yeah. Although they've cooled off a little bit. I mean, they're they're not you know they're twenty two and one at home, but they're sixteen and five on the road. Yeah. Which is worse than the Hurricanes sixteen and four on the road. So. On the road, they're beatable, right? They yep. every team every team has issues. Like they're one of the teams that people are like, oh, Boho Vat to, to Boston. Like Boston doesn't have any cap space. Boston, as far as I know, has very little LTIR room. Yeah. That's probably not gonna happen unless they move out comparable money, which I'm fine with. If they want to pick up Horvat and ship out somebody good, like great, because maybe yeah, that's yeah, gonna yeah. work for them. So I'm expecting a barn burner today. Uh Kaniacs need to be loud. It's Boston. There's probably going to be a lot of Boston fans in the house. Sure. You know, this is one, you know, the, I always think of the, is as a trio, right? Boston's Penguins Rangers. Yeah. Those are the three teams. They always represent kind of throw the Red Wings in there, but maybe not as much lately. They travel um, well. I'm expecting a heck of a game um, from both teams. And, and this one, I expect to get chippy sooner than later. Like maybe 10 seconds in. Like, it, like it would not surprise me to see rough stuff going on. Yeah. In the first, 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is this this is a playoff game and oddly enough, so was the Dallas game. The Dallas game earlier this week, that was playoff hockey. Like the the way that they played, that game entertaining, tough, uh, gritty all throughout and that's what we're going to get today. It's going to be sensational. I wish I could be there. Colin is going to be there just like he was here with us in the storm cellar Colin, thank you so much for joining us you've made this show great and love it from now on from now on please you're no longer a new fan lose the lose the new drop that you're caniac through and through you're i mean seriously you you really brought the fire today thank you Uh, thank you for inviting me it's been a pleasure and i hope to bring some of that premier league uh 
excitement to the PNC this afternoon and we can carry on where we left off in the playoffs against Boston last year. That would be and, lovely. And if the Hurricanes can convert, you know, an EPL fan, because, you know, those fans are ravenous about their teams. Like they, right, they're all in. I mean, Towns, yep. it, it certainly feels like the documentaries and things I've seen, like Towns, town life revolves around the local club at some levels, right? Not the bigger cities, but certainly the smaller teams. So to convert somebody who's now, you know, into hockey and, and specifically hurricanes hockey, I think is fantastic. So we, it was awesome to hear and get your thoughts on things. Cause I mean, that's what we're about. That's the fun, right? Yep. Um, Boston today. And then Collins got New York. I'm sorry, not New York. We got uh, the other big city of Los Angeles on ah. uh, Tuesday, Buffalo away on Wednesday. And then the all-star break off. Yeah. So then we have a week without hockey, except for the all-star game, which I'm probably not going to watch. I'll watch the highlights. I'll, I'll see the, I want to see the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the skills contests are always fun to more, more fun to watch. Uh, and I want Rod to actually win it for the Met. Uh, we'll give Rod and, and Svetch credit. We still be more like fun with Marty Natchez. It sure would be. Yeah, it would have uh, if they would have actually put the person who actually won the vote into the team. I'm going to uh, insist on my conspiracy theory that they didn't want Natchez showing up, McDavid. <laughs> there you go. That's my conspiracy theory. I'm the, sticking to it. They they the were like, speed. oh no, we can't have that guy just blow by McDavid. That that that'll look bad. Yeah, that that is absolutely my goodness. Why Natchez isn't there? It's so wrong. Uh, we've talked about so much today, Brad. Uh, we got a great guest in here. Colin was fantastic. We got to talk about the mighty Pesci with the overhand left, the knockout game that the Hurricanes played, a comeback of the ages, stadium jerseys, a Horvat trade that makes sense. The Bruins <laughs> coming up today. We've talked about it all. I, I don't. There's uh, there's got to be something missing though, and I can never. What is it? What what am I missing? Uh, go canes. Uh, go 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 canes. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone, whether you're a caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.